Welcome to the Stull Community of Faith podcast. May you be blessed as you listen to our Sunday scripture and message by Pastor Kyle Scheidemann. Scripture today comes from the book of John, starting with verse 5 through verse 42. Now he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus tried, as he was from the jour- tired as he was from the journey set by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? The Samar- His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and his herds? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I will give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in a spring of water become in him a spring water welling up eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must go to worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know, and we worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming, and has now come, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want, or why are you talking to her? Then leaving her water jug, the woman went back to town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be Christ? They came out of the town and made their way towards him. Meanwhile, the disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say, Four months more, and then the harvest? I tell you to open your eyes and look in the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the reaper draws his wages. Even now he harvests the crops for eternal life, 
so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus saying, one sows and another reaps is quite is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Many of the Samaritans from the town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, We no longer believe just because of what you have said. We have now heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. The word of God for the people of God. Thank you, Brenner, for reading that this morning. You know, water is so important to us. Um, if you notice, all of our, all our hymns and praise today have been in reference to water. Water is so, so special. You know, uh, I know that we're in a part of Kansas that, that most of you have seen well. We're in a rural area, and wells are pretty common. And, you know, I, I've been around wells when I, on, my farmer, on my family's ranch when I grew up. We had, we had five real wells. Uh, they were windmills, and they fed our cattle, and they also, we also gathered water from them. And when I was young, my sister and I used to love to climb up the towers. But then as I, I grew older, climbing up to work on the head wasn't near so much fun. So for these wells, we had irrigation wells to draw water from the wells. We either had engines to pull it, or we had the wind, or we had hand pumps where you could pump the water. And after a few pumps, after it was primed, it would start to flow. Now this was modern. This is the modern way of, of getting water compared to the ones in which you had to, to lower the bucket down into a into a, a really deep opening and then you had to, to raise it up again to retrieve the water. And that was the kind of well that Jesus encountered that day when he met the Samaritan woman in our scripture for today. And that is yet another version of the well. You know, that was no ordinary well. We know it was referred to as Jacob's well. And that was the very well that was dug and was blessed by Jesus' ancestor. It had a very special meaning, not only as being, as being historic, but it was also, it was an altar to God. And additionally, wells were, they were covenant makers. They were places in, places in which transitions were made, promises were fulfilled. And think of all the times that we turn to our scriptures and, and that we read in our scriptures. We, we hear about all the places where, where people had to cross over water in order to get to a, a new and to a promised place. And think of all the times in which God affected saving power involving water. Wells, they reveal a very mysterious underwater source, a, a divine kind of a source, just like the source that watered the newly 
form soil in the book of Genesis in order to create the seas and the lakes and the rivers and then ultimately human beings. And that well was the opening to what the Jewish people call living water. And that is water that, that comes from running and a beautiful source, just like the source to water that new, that new land. And the well was the opening to what Jewish people call living water, water that came from running underground springs. The well was a source of sustenance, a source of life. And good things have happened over wells. Jacob's well was a large hole that was dug deep into the ground and it was there in order to access the springs that ran below. And it wasn't sealed with stones or, or, or PVC pipe or what we have today. It was just smooth ground. And the top was just simply a large earthen hole. And so one needed to, to lower the, the bucket down into the, into the hole, back to the top, and then they would carry the water back up, then they would carry it to their hometown. And so Jacob's well, it lay just outside the ancient town of Shechem. And once a, a central place for the Hebrew people, it now lay in Samaria. And it was cut off from mainstream Judaism in Jesus' day. Jewish Central and Jerusalem wanted to have nothing to do with the Samaritans, who they believed worshipped in the wrong way, they worshipped in the wrong places, and they saw their version of Judaism as being corrupted, as a way to um, change what they had been believing in, a result. So no one wanted to speak to the Samaritans. They wouldn't even mix with them. They didn't communicate with them. In fact, they would go entirely around Samaria when traveling from Jerusalem to Galilee. So they would never even so much as put a foot on Sumerian ground. But Jesus, however, as we see him doing many things in our scriptural encounters, he deliberately, he led his disciples right smack through Samaria and straight to Jacob's well. And so here in this holy place of, of sustenance and, and hope and life and spirit, here that's where Jesus encounters the Samaritan woman. And his initial conversation with her about their differences in worship isn't surprising, given that he is, is mainstream Jewish, or at least she recognizes him as such. And she's a Samaritan. But the rest of the conversation, it's very strange. Jesus' Jesus's disciples had, had gone off to get food. And so Jesus, meanwhile, he sits down by Jacob's well and he's tired, he's going to rest. And this is already is significant. He literally is sitting at the altar of God from which the living water for this group of lost sheep of Israel is drawn daily. 
And then soon here comes a Samaritan woman and she comes to draw water. And Jesus, he asks her for a drink of water. Well, the first thing that takes her aback is that he is speaking with her at all. She knows that Jews don't, don't speak with Samaritans. In fact, she also knows that a Jewish man would never address a, a woman either. And so Jesus is breaking, he's breaking a lot of rules here. But this actually, this intrigues this woman. And, and Jesus answers, he said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given, given you living water. Now next we have a typical literal assumption as opposed to the metaphorical spiritual message that Jesus is trying to convey. And this happens frequently in the scriptures, most commonly after Jesus' own disciples. In this case, she assumes that he is referring to the living water, and that is the water that is drawn from the from beneath the well. But Jesus is, is, is referring to an internal spiritual transformation. Everyone who drinks of this water will become thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I give them, they will never be thirsty. The water that I give will become in them a spring of water gushing up eternal life. And then Jesus, he's telling her about her life. He knows her. A life that has been difficult for her. And she, noting her own Jewish heritage, notes that her ancestors had worshipped on the mountain where they are, and she notes that the current Jews now worship in Jerusalem. So she no doubts, she wants to see what he's going to reply. And then Jesus explains to her that the way one worships will not matter in the end. What will matter is that true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And then he reveals to her that he is in fact the Messiah who will fulfill God's final mission. And that impacts her. So she returns to town and she tells everyone about Jesus. And, and they come and they convince Jesus to stay with them. They want to learn more. Stay with us for a few days. And that resulted in, in, in many believers and disciples of Jesus in Samaria at that point. Now the scriptural story contains a huge amount of, of interchange between the Samaritan woman and Jesus. But one line especially stands out and it helps us to define who Jesus is as Messiah. 
and what his role will be in the continuing mission. He is the living water. The water he will give to people, the way he will fulfill their souls, is something that will happen from within them. And the water Jesus provides will become within them a spring of water. It will gush up eternal life. And so just as the waters of life gushed up out of the ground in the creation story, here too, the living water of Jesus' spirit will transform a receptive heart, resulting in a gushing forth of life and as called eternal life. If we hear anything from this story, I hope we hear the message that Jesus is giving, not only to the Samaritan woman, but to us as well. It's not about where or how or in the manner in which you worship. Church, you need to hear this. It doesn't matter if you worship in a big church, if you worship in a little church, if you worship in a wealthy church or a poor church, if you have a church with screens and rock music, or you have a church with a traditional choir, a church with a building or a church that meets in a home, if you have a church in Asia or you have a church in Kansas, it only matters that you worship. Remember that saying, the church is not a building. The church is the people. You can almost hear Jesus saying the very same thing, can't you? With this simple explanation, Jesus ends for that moment over the well of life, the huge rift between Jerusalem and Samaria. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. What matters is turning hearts to God. And here's the second part of that. You know, it's not about the place or the manner, but it is about the heart. What needs to happen? Jesus needs to fill the hearts of people with true living water. Spiritual transformation, sustenance from the creator himself, which will literally saturate the souls of every worshiper and will bless them with eternal life. Not just some of them, not just those that are in Jerusalem, not just those who are men, not just those who say or do the right things or, or lead a perfect life, but everyone that Jesus touches, everyone who believes in him because he is Messiah. What an amazing Lenten message. And it's still Jesus' message for us today. We can let go of trying to define worship, to organize worship, to determine worship in the ways that we think are correct. For Jesus, it's totally irre irrelevant. 
We can let go of who is allowed to be called a Christian. All who believe in Jesus are included no matter what their manner of worship, what their past is, what their heritage is, or what their gender is. This again to Jesus is totally irrelevant. We can let go of all the rules and the regulations that we attempt to put not only on ourselves, but others about what we need to do in order to inherit God's kingdom. Again, to Jesus, that's totally irrelevant. The only relevant thing for Jesus is Jesus. Believe in him, and he will infuse your heart with transformational and eternal life. Jesus will keep sending this message for the duration of his ministry. It will culminate in his death and his resurrection. As the Samaritans realized before anyone else, we know that this is truly the savior of the world. And why? Because of the power of the well, Jacob's well, God's well, Jesus' well, and the living water that he offers us, that he offered to us then, now, and he'll offer it in the future. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, man, makes you thirsty just thinking about being at that well, and, but then also thinking about what you said. You said, well, I, if I drink from this well, I will be thirsty again. My thirst will return. But if you drink from my well, your thirst will be quenched forever. What an important message. Thank you, Lord, for sharing that with us this morning. And may it be in the hearts of all that heard. Amen.